أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين رب الشرح صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل أقرة من لساني يفقه قولي uh, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send peace and blessings upon uh, our beloved messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon his blessed family, his companions, and those uh, who follow them until the end of time. Alhamdulillah, we continue now reading our, from the text, Minhaj al-Abidin ila jannati rabbil alameen. I personally believe, and I'm nobody, but as an educator, that this book should be taught to Muslims in the high school as well as college college level. There are two books, I believe, of Imam Abu Hamad al-Ghazali that are very important uh, for both of those demographics. The first is this book, uh, and the second is Al-Munqidh min al-Dalala. And Al-Munqidh min al-Dalal, I believe, should be taught to like seniors or juniors in college. So the first book is, is talking about the seven obstacles here in this text to a life of devotion. Um, and then the second text, which I mentioned, Al-Munqidh min al-Dalal, Deliverance from Error, talks about a lot of the philosophical challenges that people experience as they grow in faith. Um, and it it's, was the last text written by uh, Imam Abu Hamad uh, al-Ghazali, rahimahullah uh, ta'ala, and I was actually teaching it to um, students at Tandon in the spring semester, and we had finished, I think, his really, really important introduction. So again, this book, Minhaj al-Abidin ila jannati rabbil alameen, right, the way of the, of the worshipers as they are headed to paradise, um, really is a text that frames kind of how we look at life and how we engage some of the obstacles that come, you know, in our lives. And then the second text, Al-Munqidh min al-Dalal, Right, deliverance, deliverance from error um, is, is so profound because it touches on some of the philosophical challenges uh, that we run into as we get older right? and as we mature and as we start to think about life differently and have, uh, as we have uh, experiences. Before we continue reading, because today we're going to finish um, this second obstacle, uh, I want to just recap his definition of repentance. Right? Repentance is so important that it's, it's something that accompanies the beginning of an act, the middle of an act, and the end of an act. Right? The beginning because maybe we feel that our sincerity isn't quite there. In the middle because we begin to question ourselves like why are we doing this? And then the end as we look back and again um, see some of the shortcomings that we may have uh, encountered, um, subhanAllah, uh, during, during uh, that process. And what I wanted to do before we finish is just recap um, his really amazing definition of repentance um, that we find here in the text. Yeah, and here it is. So he says that repentance is tark. Abdi dhunub ikhtiyaran. Right, that the first component of repentance is that a person voluntarily, voluntarily chooses to leave a sin. So they're not under compulsion, right? It's not, they're not leaving sin out of duress. Um, they're leaving sin, they're returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, out of their choice, ikhtiyar, right? And here I had it, and now I lost it. No. And as I get to that, remember we talked about how is, is Toba an obstacle? And Toba becomes an obstacle to faith when we fail to use it. 
Right? So he says, Rahimullah, Qala Sayyidina Imam Abu Hamil Qala, Tarku Ikhtiaran Dhambin, Sabaka Mithluhu Anhu Manzilan, Suratan Ta'ziman Lilla Suratan Ta'ziman Lillahi Ta'ala, Wahadaran Min Sakhati. So he says, the definition of repentance, and this is a very, very kind of focused definition, is Tarku Ikhtiaran, right? To choose to leave Dhamb, a sin. You can see it here if you're following with me in the Zoom. Um, let me underline this, this part for you. Tarku ikhtiyarin dhambin sabaqa mithluhu anhu manzilan la suratan. This is actually very important. He says, first is that you and I choose to repent. We choose to stay away from sin. We're not under duress. And that sin has occurred previously in our life. So before that repentance had occurred. So I can't, and this is beautiful, I can't repent before I do a sin. You know, like I can't say, well, I'm going to repent for something I plan to do tomorrow. No, no, it has to have occurred. So he says, Tarku ikhtiyarin dhambin sabaqa mithluhu anhu. So two components. I choose. Number two, it's happened in the past. And here's something very important, manzilan la, and there should be a la here. And this is a mistake in the print. Manzilan la suratan. And what does that mean? That means that, as we said a few weeks ago, like, I don't have to go back and do this. Like, let's say I did a sin six years ago. Then I want to repent for it. And now I don't have the ability to do that sin. Do I have to do the sin again to be forgiven? Of course not. Manzilan. So in, a, in general, and this is the beauty of Islam, a general tawbah that is sincere is sufficient for specific sins. So I turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I say, Oh Allah, I turn to you. I seek your forgiveness. I ask that you cleanse me of my sins. I repent to you. I promise to be a better person. That is going to be sufficient for sins that I did in the past. I don't have to do those sins again. And the last component, ta'zeeman lillahi ta'ala wa hadharan min sakhati. And I'm doing all of this out of a magnification for Allah and fearing His anger. Well, it's one of the most beautiful definitions and concise definitions of repentance I've seen. And the reason he says ikhtiyar, it shows people have utility. What's called kesp. What does kesp mean? It means what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ability to choose. As well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Kesp means the same as amal, what I chose to do. So I chose to do wrong. And also there's something beautiful. For example, if someone forces me to sin, am I a sinner? Absolutely not. There's two meanings here. Number one is I chose to stop the sin. But what we infer from this also is that what if somebody is forced to sin? Then there's no sin on them. The Prophet ﷺ said, رُفِعَ عَنْ أُمَّةِ وَمَا That's the sin of forgiveness and compulsion has been removed from my ummah. This hadith is related by Imam Tabarani. So actually there's two meanings here. We could spend a lot of time unpacking just this definition. Wallahi, a lot of issues, a lot of masail come from it. But when he says, إِنَّهُ تَرْكُ إِخْتِيَارٍ ذَنْبٍ First it means that a person chooses to leave the sin. They're not forced to leave the sin. That's a different issue. But also inferred in this, what if someone is forced to sin? For example, say you're a convert to Islam and you haven't told your family that you're converted and they begin to assume that you've converted and they threaten you with a very serious threat during Ramadan that you have to drink in front of them. In that situation, a person is not a sinner because they are forced into sin. They should make up the day later when they can, alhamdulillah, but there is no sin on them. So, إِنَّهُ تَرْكُ إِخْتِيَارٍ ذَنْبٍ سَبَقَ مِثْلُهُ عَنْهُ مَنْزِلًا لَا سُورَةً تَعْظِيمًا لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى وَحَضَرًا مِنْ سَخَطِيهِ 
Very beautiful definition. Now, inshallah, we're going to finish today our discussion on the second obstacle of living a life of faith and practice. And I'm super excited to be coming back to New York City this month, inshallah. And I'm hoping that we can start to do some kind of in-person gatherings for this book, inshallah, perhaps in the parks. Uh, I don't think we can do it through NYU, but we can do it, you know, just as brothers and sisters. The NYU component would still, as far as I understand it, be online. And I think admission into NYU uh, is for students uh, and staff at this time only. So the Shaykh, he says, Rahimahullah uh, Ta'ala, as we finish, alhamdulillah, the second obstacle of repentance, he starts to talk about what if you go back to the sin again? It happens, right? People repent, they, they engage in very serious repentance. They cry, they weep, their heart breaks. They feel the pain of the sin. We've all, we all experience this. And then they slip. So he says, فَإِن تُبْتَ ثُمَّ نَقَضْتَ التَّوْبَةَ وَعُدْتَ إِلَى ذَمٍ ثَانِيًا فَعُدْ إِلَى تَوْبَةِ مُبَادِرًا He says, وَعَلَيْكُمْ سَلَامُ رَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ If you repent, and then you violate the terms of your repentance by returning to the sin a second time, then immediately return to repentance. You know, sometimes people, when they repent, I've been there, right? We make mistakes, and then we repent, and then we may slip later again. And we may slip more than once, right? May may happen repetitively. And, and shaitan will try to come to us and say, like, don't repent. Allah will never forgive you. You made the mistake again. The shaykh is saying, la'a, the opposite. Fa'ud ila tawbati mubadiran. Race to repent again. There's a great statement of the ulama that before a sin, you find yourself, your understanding of Allah's mercy is like wide. Before, you know, as, as we're battling, should I engage in this sin or not? Right? Suddenly my understanding of rahmah is very wide. Allah's cream, Allah's forgiving, Allah will forgive me, no problem, khalas. And then after I fall into the sin, shaitan will come to me and say, Allah will never forgive you. So, so there's a statement that before the sin, shaitan expands our understanding of mercy. And at the end, after the sin, he restricts our understanding of mercy. But what does Sayyidina Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, what does he say? He says, فَإِن tubta, If you repent, ثُمَّ نَقَضْتَ tawbah, And then you violate the terms of that tawbah. وَعُدْتَ إِلَى ذَنْبٍ And you return back to the Synthanian a second time. فَعُدْ إِلَى تَوْبَةِ مُبَادِرًا Race to repent again. Because that repentance may bring more light to your heart, man. And we know the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alihi Wa Sallam where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will discuss a servant who continues to sin and every time he repents to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Allah will say, look, this person believes in me and has repented to me, I forgive them. When we read this hadith to our mashaykh, they actually, they don't stop us. This hadith is in Bukhari. And we keep reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it, until we say, Shaykh, like the hadith is finished. And they will say, This is how it's been narrated from teacher to teacher to teacher. That we won't stop you until you stop reading to remind you that Allah will not stop forgiving you until you stop seeking His forgiveness. Subhanallah. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Subhanallah. Then Abu Hamid, he says, Rahimullah, وَقُلِّ نَفْسِكَ لَعَلِّي أَمُوتُ قَبَلَ أَنْ أَعُودَ إِلَى ذَنْبِ هَذِهِ الْمَرَّةِ The second reason that we should repent immediately after a sin, he says, because you should say to yourself, I may die after this repentance. So like, let's say a person sins, they repent, they sin. He said, don't delay the tawbah, لا تؤخر التوبة. But to ajil tawbah. Right? Race for the repentance. Because if you and I die, before we go back to the sin, alhamdulillah, we died on, 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 on repentance. 
And the same thing if it happens a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Race to Allah's forgiveness. So subhanallah, and as a Muslim community, we have to ask ourselves, are we a community that provides people entryways into Allah's mercy? Or are we a community that restricts people's hope? Because sometimes that's all people got. All they got is Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the hypocrites, Sudduhum an sabirillah. They actually constrict people's ability to have a relationship with Allah. And you never know. You may have seen someone last week, they're like the worst person. But they started to pray. They started to make dua. Or maybe you haven't seen them for a year. And the Prophet said, five daily prayers. As-salawatul khams. Wal-jum'atu ila jum'ah. That as someone prays five times a day, fast the month of Ramadan, and observes the Jum'ah weekly, they'll be forgiven. So maybe since the last time you saw them, they have done those things and they have been forgiven. That's why we shouldn't hold grudges. Unless, of course, it's an egregious situation. Because if Allah can forgive them, shouldn't I forgive them? And one of the challenges I see in the Muslim country is its inability to rehabilitate people, to help people come back. It's easy to break people, but it's very, very difficult to be invested in people and help them navigate through the challenges of life. نعم. Then he says, وَكَمَا تَخَدْتَ ذَنْبَ وَالْعَوْدَ إِلَيْهِ حِرْفَةً فَاتَّخِذِ التَّوْبَةَ أَيْضًا وَأَيْضًا وَالْعَوْدَ إِلَيْهَا حِرْفَةً And just as you have, the person has habituated, is perhaps a better way to translate, hirf actually is like a craft or some kind of skill, right? So what he's saying is, just as someone has become skilled in returning back to sin, let them be skilled in returning back to tawbah. And maybe somebody who has like challenges with sin, they say to themselves like, you know, there's no good in me. Why, what is the sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has accepted me? The sign is the guilt that you feel. So guilt in Islam is not located in a way that crushes our ambitions. But guilt is a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending that alarm clock to your heart. But that guilt falls under two designations. Number one is the guilt that becomes self-defeating. And that's not considered what's called acceptable guilt. The guilt that destroys my hope in Allah. Al-yas. The second type of guilt is the guilt that's, that, that encourages me and makes me aware of myself in a way that inspires me to turn to Allah. That's the guilt that we're looking for. Not the self-pity that destroys me, Allah hates me, Allah doesn't like me. La, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't care about you, you wouldn't feel guilty. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had abandoned you, a'udhu billah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't be sensitive to evil. So the, the sensitivity that we have to sin and the guilt that we feel sometimes is simply a reminder telling us, come back home. Come back to Allah. That's why the Prophet ﷺ, he said that the believer is like a horse that escapes. Related by Sayyidina Imam Ibn Majah, who one day comes back. 
who one day returns home. So Sayyidina Imam says, if you have habituated returning to the sin, habituate returning to repentance. And do not allow, this is a very beautiful statement, do not allow Toba to appear to you weak in front of the strength of evil. SubhanAllah, man. It's hard to translate. وَلَا تَكُونْ فِي تَوْبَةِ أَعْجَزَ مِنْكَ فِي ذَنْبِ وَلَا تَيْأَسْ وَلَا يَمْنَعْكَ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ التَّوْبَةِ بِسَبَبِ ذَلِكَ Ya Allah. These words should be written in gold, man. Sayyidina Imam al-Ghazali says, وَلَا تَكُونْ فِي تَوْبَةِ أَعْجَزَ مِنْكَ Don't allow your understanding and hope and repentance to be weaker than the sin you fell into. وَلَا تَيْأَسْ And don't despair. وَلَا يَمْنَعُكَ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ تَوْبَةِ بِسَبَبِ ذَلِكَ and do not allow shaitan to use those things to keep you from repentance. Because of those things. So first of all, like my sin is so great. SubhanAllah, Allah will never forgive me. La'a rahmatullahi wasi'a. Allah's mercy is greater. us, And don't despair. Can you imagine Imam Al-Ghazali telling you, Don't despair of Allah's mercy. And do not let shaitan prohibit you from repentance because of those things. Right? That repentance actually is a sign of good. And the Prophet said that the best of you are those who are tested but repent. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. أي كثير ابتلاء بذنب وكثيرة توبة منه يا الله. And the Prophet Ali Sallam is reported to have said, "The best of you are those who are tested with a lot of sin, and tawab means, but you also repent a lot." فالحمد لله فإنه دلالة الخير because that that urge to repent is an indication of good. وَرُجُعُ إِلَى اللَّهِ جَلَّ جَلَالَهُ بِالنَّدَامَةِ So he's saying this hadith, right? كُلُّ مُتَفَتِّينٍ مُتَفَتِّنٍ عَفْوًا تَوَّابٍ Right, the best of you are the one who's tested with sin but repents. تَوَّاب means a lot. We talked about it last week. He says, Sayyidina Imam, أَيْ كَثِيرُ إِبْتِلَاءِ بِذَنْبِ وَكَثِيرَةُ تَوْبَةِ مِنْهُ وَرُجُعِ إِلَى اللَّهِ جَلَّ جَلَالَهُ بِالنَّدَامَةِ That means that someone is tested a lot with evil. But they, they meet that with repentance and regret. So nadama, their regret is with Allah. والاستغفار and making استغفار وتذكر قوله سبحانه وتعالى then he mentions this verse from Surah Nisa and remember and recall the verse of Allah وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا أَوْ يَظْلِمْ نَفْسَهُ ثُمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرِ اللَّهِ يَجِلِ اللَّهَ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا 
Allah. What a beautiful verse. Whoever does evil, or wrongs his or herself with, with sin, and then they repent to Allah. They will find Allah is ghafoor. Ghafoor, I didn't talk about this before. But it's great that the Imam mentions it in the context of this verse, in this discussion. Because what he's saying is, if you continue to fall into sin, continue to repent. The word ghafoor means the one who forgives Allah. Not just ghafir. Ghafir also is an important word. But here, ghafoor is the antidote to despair. Because Allah is ghafoor, meaning the person continues to try to repent and get better and improve then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives them. So ghafoor, sirat al-karima tadulu ala al-kathra. Right, the form of the word ghafoor is fa'ul. Fa'ul means like a lot. Rahima. Allah is rahim. فَهَذِهِ هَذِهِ وَبِاللَّهِ تَوْفِيقٍ He said, that is what it is, right? Handle it. Then he, as he closes out the section on repentance, he says, وَجُمْلَةُ الْأَمْرِ أَنَّكَ إِذَا بْتَلَتَّ فَبَرَّتَّ قَلْبَكَ عَنِ الذُّنُوبِ كُلِّهَا بِأَنْ تُوَطِّنَهُ عَلَىٰ أَنْ لَا تَعُودَ إِلَىٰ ذَنْبِ أَبَرًا أَلْبَتَّهُ إِلَّا مَا كَانَ مَنْكَ فِي عِمِّ اللَّهِ عَلَىٰ وَجْهٍ عَلِمَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ صِدْقَ عَزْمِكَ مِنْ قَلْبِ نَقِيٍّ وَتُرْضِي الْخُصُومَ بِأَمْكَنَ كَنَامٍ So then he continues and he says, you know, this kind of discussion be, can be summarized and that if you begin this journey, a journey of tawbah and you have بَرَّأْتَ تَوْبَةَ عَنِ الذُّنُوبَ and you have cleansed your heart from sin كُلِّهَا as best you can, right? And that you've done this by, and the word watan, mustawtin, is like a citizen. Fatuwatinahu means that you have, it's hard to translate, but like you've decided to reside in a place in your heart with as little sin as possible. And this should be Hamza Tawassal, by the way. This is a mistake in print. This is one of the most common mistakes in Arabic, man. This word never appears with Hamza Tawqata. Abad al-Bata, yani. What he's saying is that you, you, you're now on the journey. You've taken this path of Tawbah, the second obstacle. You've, you've started and you've worked to do your best to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, 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 and to work on yourself and to reside your heart in a place where you're trying to limit and I'm trying to limit sin. Except those things that Allah knows. Right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the sincerity of your repentance and the honesty of where you are. Nah. And that you've worked to kind of like even please, you know, people around you as best you can. And you've, you've made up And you've made up for the mistakes you've made. Say like I've, I missed prayers over time. Say I've aggravated people. Those kind of things. So I've turned to Allah. I've located myself in a place where, where I'm trying to limit sin and the triggers of sin that we talked about before. And also... I've done as best I can to kind of fix or repair relationships that were broken because of evil. And then also I've worked to make up for any of the fard. Maybe I missed Ramadan. Maybe I missed, you know, zakat. Maybe I missed some of the prayers. So I do my best to make up for the things that I have fallen into, right? And then I've re returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely and humbly and beseeching Him and fleeing to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says at that moment, right, at this moment, then, you know, 
This is this opportunity. This is this journey. ثُمَّ تَذْهَبَ فَتَغْتَصِلْ وَتَغْتَصُ ثِيَابَكَ وَتُصَلِّ أَرْبَعَ رَكَعَاتٍ كَمَا يَجِبُ وَتَدَّعَ وَجْهَكَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ فِي مَكَانٍ خَالٍ لَا يَرَاكِ إِلَى اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى ثُمَّ تَجْعَلُ تُرَابَ عَلَى رَأْسِكَ وَتُمَرِّغَ وَجْهَكَ الَّذِي هُوَ أَعْزُ أَعْضَائِكَ فِي تُرَابٍ بِدَمْعٍ جَارٍ وَقَلْبٍ حَزِينٍ وَصَوْتٍ عَارٍ so now he's mentioning like how then you should go about this. So you've done those things and now you're, you're in a state of repentance. And some of this is a little bit hyperbolic. But he's saying ideally what you should do, you should go pray. We know that there's something called Salat Tawbah. And Salat Tawbah, the Prophet said, whoever commits a sin, and after that sin, this hadith is a good hadith. They pray two rakah. Sheikh, he says four rakah, no problem. They pray two rakah and then they repent to Allah. Allah will forgive them. But the Sheikh says, if you've really decided to go about this, you should like make a ghusl. And you should like wear nice clothes. And you should pray four rakah. And you should, you know, in sujood, right? Place your head on the ground. He says, fil ard. You don't have to do this, of course, literally. In a place where no one can see you except Allah. It could be in your room. It could be by yourself. And here he's being, he said, and, and allow, you know, the, 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 the earth to touch your face. The point is, he's saying is, you got to humble yourself. And at that moment, in that situation, mention each and every one of your sins to Allah. Outside of the scenario that he's, this is his personal advice, the idea is that to really repent, you should make it like a moment. I should make it a moment. And I should make sure that I'm alone with Allah. And at that moment, I confess to Allah alone. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, those things that are breaking my heart, right? Those things that are heavy in my soul. Those things that are causing me to feel this, this anguish and this, this despair. Ma amkana. Wa tuluma nafsaka al-asiyah. And you should blame yourself. Wa tuwabbiqaha. And you should like re refute it. And then you should say, Subhanallah. And you should say to yourself, like, isn't it isn't it time for you to settle down? Like, isn't it time for you to center yourself? Isn't it time that you repent to Allah? And you should say, and I should say to myself, do you have the ability to carry the punishment of Allah? Right. Do you have any type of need that would cause you to encounter the wrath and anger of Allah? He said, and you should do your best in that situation to abundantly remember these things and to cry. And then you raise your hands in dua. You say, And then you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you say, Oh Allah. Oh Allah, your servant. Right? Your servant has turned to you. And turn to you in a state of fear. Raja'i ila babik has returned to your door, meaning your repentance. Abduk al asi, your sinful servant, Raja'a ila sulh, has returned to reform. Abduk al mudnibi ataka bil udri, fa'fu anni bi judik, wa taqabbalani bi fadlik. Ya Allah. Your sinning servant has come to you with excuses. 
What's the excuse? Some people say, I have no excuse. The excuse is stupidity. Like who, who anyone that would sin, when we sin, we're dumb. That's why sometimes the word sin and disobedience, the word used for it is ignorance. فَعَبْدُكَ الْمُذْنِبُ أَتَاكَ بِالْعُذْرِ فَعْفُ عَنِّي بِجُودِكَ Your sinning servant has come to you with excuses. So pardon me with your generosity. وَتَقَبَّلَنِي بِفَضْلِكَ And accept me, embrace me through your benevolent generosity. وَانْظُرُ إِلَيَّ بِرَحْمَتِكَ And look at me with your mercy. Allahumma ghfirli ma salafa min al-dhunub. O Allah, forgive me for my past sins. Wa'asimni fi ma baqiya min al-ajal. And protect me for the rest of my life. Fa'inna al-khayra kullahu biyadayk. Because all good is in your hands. Wa'anta bina ra'ufun. And you are with us so merciful, rahim, the forgiving. Let's read this uh, dua one more time. So after repenting, after making two raka'ah, four raka'ah, repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and mentioning in dua all of our sins and all of the things that we've done, Sayyidina Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazari, he said after that, you, you don't have to make this specific dua, but what he's trying to do now is model best practices. And after interrogating our souls and being honest with ourselves, at that moment he says, And then at that moment you make dua, Your distraught or fearful, fearful servant. Raja'a ila babik has returned to the, your door, meaning return to this relationship with you. Abduk al Asi, your sinful, disobedient servant, Raja'a ila sulh, has returned to be reformed. Abduk al Mudnibu ataka bil Udri fa'fu anni bi judik, utaqabbalani bi fadlika. And your sinful servant has come to you with excuses. So pardon me with your generosity. And accept me and embrace me with your benevolence. Look at me with your mercy. Oh Allah, forgive me for the sins of the past and protect me through the rest of my life. That's actually a very beautiful thing to say. If someone's really sincere when they repent, right? they're not only going to ask Allah to forgive them for the past, but they're also going to ask Allah to protect them for the future. فَإِنَّ الْخَيْرَ كُلَّهُ وَأَنْتَ بِنَا رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ Because all good is under your control. And you are to us the constant forgiving, the merciful. Then he says, and then you should make this dua or something similar. And, and, and what this means, right, is in a state of like, you feel shidda, you, you, you're in a state of like, you're so distraught. Ya muhla al-dha'im al-umur, meaning the one who controls all great things. Ya muntahi himmatil mahmoomin, and you who are, you know, the last stop of those people who have concerns and anxieties. Like you're the last, and actually the muntaha, right, is, is like a muhatta, right, is the station that you stop at. So I'm, you're the last stop that people with the fear of their sin, the anxiety of sin, the challenge of disobedience, this is the last stop, man. 
يا من إذا أراد أمرا فإنما يقول له كن فيكون and oh you who if you want anything to happen you say كن فيكون أحاطت بنا ذنوبنا أنت المذخور لها يا يا مذخورا لكل شدة كنت أدخرك لهذه الساعة فتبت علي إنك أنت تواب الرحيم He say when you find yourself in a difficult situation, when you find yourself that you are burdened by hardship and you feel like you're going to break, you should make this dua. Ya muhla, ya mulya, ya muhya azaim al-umur, ay kabair al-umur. The one who controls all things. Ya muntaha himmat al-mahmumin. And the one who... You know, all anxiety is directed to you. You're the last stop on this. And you owe you who, if you want anything done, you say, We are surrounded by our sins. Right? Meaning that it's impossible for human beings to escape sin. Like it's not going to happen. So you, we, we admit these sins. أنت مذخور لها يا مذخور لكل شدة. And you, سبحانه وتعالى, you are the one that can remove these things and take them away from us, just as you can with all difficulties. كنت أنا أدخرك لهذه الساعة. I kept this dua for you as a treasure for this moment. فتوب علي, so forgive me. So this is a dua he's saying when you find yourself broken, when you find yourself in hardship, in difficulty. And he says, and at that moment, right, bring into yourself a sense of, you should cry if you can, sense of humility, a sense of weakness. You should debase yourself because of sin, not to the point that you destroy yourself. And say, "Ya man la yashghulu shatnun an shatnin, wala sam'un an sam'in. Ya man la tughalituhu kathratul masail. Ya man la yabramuhu al-ihaju al-ilhaju al-mulahin. Adiqna." برد عفوك وحلاوة معرفتك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إنك على كل شيء قدير. يا الله. This is a really beautiful dua, mashallah. My print is a little little old school, so it's kind of hard to see, and I do not have my reading glasses, so be patient with me also. He says, and then after that, you should say the one لا يشغل شأن عن شأن, the one who nothing can make him busy. No, no shatin can, can busy Allah. Shatin means I got a lot going on. La yashghuluhu shatinun an shatinin. Maybe someone asks, I'm repenting to Allah, this person is repenting to Allah, this person is doing sin, this person is doing good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, kulli yawmin huwa fi shatin. Fabi ayya alai rabbikuma tukadhiban. Don't worry about that, it's not your business. Wala samun an sam'a. And like, you know, he hears all things. Nothing can occupy his hearing from hearing you. كونه سميعاً يا من لا تغلطه كثرة المسائل And oh, the one who a lot of questions doesn't bother him. The hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam لو أن أولكم وآخركم وجنسكم وإنسكم وجنكم If the first of creation and the end of creation and all humanity and all jinn stood up and asked Allah and he gave everybody what they asked for, it would not decrease him in anything. And the one who when people are pleading with him, it doesn't bother him. Dhok means to taste. So what it means is give us the taste of the coolness of your pardon. And the sweetness of knowing you. 
by your mercy, Ya Arhamur Rahimin, the most merciful of the mercy giving. Innaka ala kulli shay'in qadir, you are in control of all things. Thumma tusalli ala nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi thumma tastaghfiru li jami'il mu'mineen wal mu'minat. And then finish by sending salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon all of the believers, males and females. And then return to the obedience of Allah. So after kind of modeling the ideal repentance, he shows us now the outcome of real repentance is to return to obedience. And he says, this is sincere repentance. So the beginning is the acknowledgement of sin, talking to myself, being alone with Allah, raising my hands in dua, admitting my sin, acknowledging the difficulty of my sin and that Allah is the only one who can get me out of the situation. And then returning to obedience. وَتَرْجِعُوا إِلَىٰ طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ جَلَّ جَلَالُهُ فَتَكُونُ قَدْ تُبْتَ تَوْبَةً نَصُوحًا وَقَدْ خَرَشْتَ مِنَ الذُّنُوبِ طَاهِرًا كَيَوْمْ وَرَدَتْكَ أُمُّكَ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ He says, if you do that, then you have truly repented and you have come out of this repentance pure like the day your mother birthed you. وَأَحَبَّكَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى And Allah has loved you. وَلَكَ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ وَالثَّوَابِ And you're going to have incredible rewards and blessings. وَعَلَيْكَ مِنَ الْبَرَكَةِ وَالرَّحْمَةِ مَا لَا يُحِيطُ بِهِ وَصْفُ الْوَاصِفِينَ And you will experience barakah and rahma which no one could describe. وَحَصَلَ لَكَ الْأَمَانُ وَالْخَلَاصُ وَنَجَوْتَ مِنْ غَدَبِهِ وَغُصَّةِ الْمَعَاصِ Ya Allah. And you will have experienced security and safety from Allah's anger and been freed from the traps of ma'asi, of sin. What? Ya Allah. وَبَلَيْتَهَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ And you will have escaped from the test and challenges of this life and the next. وَكُنْتُ قَدْ قَطَعْتَ هَذِهِ الْعَقَبَةِ And now you have passed this portion of the journey. Subhanallah, man. What a writer. Allahu Akbar, man. Imam Abu Hamad Afwan Al-Ghazari. You know, I always wonder how much ajr he's going to get. So many people have slandered him. But mashallah. Let's read this passage one more time because it's like really, really super beautiful. And inshallah, then we're going to finish this week, inshallah. So Sayyidina Imam Abu Hamid Al-Ghazari Hujjatul Islam People asking Alhamdulillah This is our 13th every Tuesday we gather at this time Alhamdulillah 7 I believe 7 o'clock Eastern I'm currently in, in the West Coast But he says Rahimahullah After talking about how to repent And how to make tawbah he says, if you do this, and then you return to Allah's obedience. Because those of you that have been with us now, all these weeks, remember last, the, the week before, he said, if somebody asks you, what is tawbah The word nasuh means not to return. So, sincerity, 
sincere repentance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Tahrim, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu tubu ilallahi tawbatan nasuha. O you who believe, return to Allah sincerely. There's a qira'ah, tawbatan nusuha, same meaning. Nasuha, nusuha. So he said, this is how you do it. So the last few weeks, he outlined this process. And now what he did, he went from the theoretical to here's how you would actually like physically do it. And he got deep with it. He's like, you should roll your face in the dirt. Remind yourself this is where you're headed. No filter is going to help you in the grave, man. It's not going to help me in the grave. How many people are turning to dunya sincerely and turning away from Allah sincerely? From the Muslimin. Doesn't mean they're not Muslims. Just means that we go through some things. And how many people turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely and turn away from evil sincerely? Allah says in Surah Al-Ahzab, He didn't put two hearts in a person. So either I'm sinning or I'm repenting. So Imam Al-Ghazali says in Minhaj, the book Minhaj Al-Abidin Ila Jannati Rabbil Alameen, page number 186. Return to Allah, start to obey Him. If you do that, فَتَكُونُ قَدْ تُبْتَ تَوْبَةً If you've done that, then you truly repented. وَقَدْ خَرَجْتَ مِنَ الذُّنُوبِ طَاهِرًا and you have exited from your sins pure, tahiran, like the day your mom gave birth to you. And Allah has loved you. And you will have tremendous rewards and blessings. وَعَلَيْكَ مِنَ الْبَرَكَةِ وَالرَّحْمَةِ مَا لَا يُحِيطُ بِهِ الْوَصْفُ الْوَاصِفِينَ And you will have achieved a blessing and a mercy for which even those who know how to like efficiently describe something would not be able to describe it. وَحَصَرَ لَكَ الْأَمَانُ وَالْخَلَاصُ وَالنَّجَوْتُ مِنْ غَضَبِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى and you will have experienced serenity and a sense of wholeness and completion like you pulled away from the sin. And you experience salvation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's, uh, um, you know, his anger and escaped the traps and commands of disobedience. وَبَلَّيْتَهَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ And the challenge of the test related to sin in this life and the next. وَكُنْتُ قَقَطَعْتَ هَذِهِ الْعَقَبَةِ And at that time, you have traversed this obstacle. He doesn't mean that this is only going to happen once. Remember earlier when he said, you should make, if your sins are a habit, Make repentance your habit. So, وَكُنْتُ قَدْ قَطَعْتَ هَذِهِ الْعَقَبَةَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى And by the will of Allah, you have passed this obstacle. وَاللَّهُ وَلِيُّ الْهِدَايَةِ بِمَنِّهِ وَفَضْلِهِ And he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who controls guidance through His grace and through His benevolence. So Alhamdulillah, now we finish the second Aqaba. The first Aqaba was the Aqaba of knowledge. How many people we saw become religious, they learned wrong or they didn't learn right, or later on in life, 
their knowledge became a source of trial for them. So the Imam walked us through that journey, that obstacle. How do you learn properly? The second is Al-Aqabatu At-Tawbah, is repentance. How people fail to repent or to utilize repentance as a means for restorative, a restorative relationship with Allah. Al-Aqabatu Atharitha hiya Aqabatu Al-Awa'iq. The third that we're going to start to talk about next week, insha'Allah ta'ala, are the foundational obstacles. Related to kind of like four entry points. ثُمَّ عَلَيْكَ يَلْطَالِبَ الْعِبَادَةِ وَفَقَقَ اللَّهُ Because those of you, this is the first time you've joined. Remember the whole purpose of this book is that a person lives to worship. How do I live a life of worship? What are the obstacles in front of me when I want to be an abid to Allah? Knowledge, because I need knowledge to worship Allah. Tawbah, because I'm going to make mistakes and sin. So these are obstacles that he identifies that he walks you through how to utilize them in a way that you reach the purpose of life. What is the purpose of life? وَمَا خَلَقُتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create you except to worship me. Habib Ta'ini. Ada. Open this. Open it? Okay, yes. Bismillah. Oh, what's this? That is a crab. Oh, ew. Marish. Oh, ah. Oh. Ah. So, the third obstacle. Are these four entry points? ثم عليك يا طالب العبادة وفقك الله تعالى بدفع العوائق حتى تستقيم عبادتك. And now you have to start to think about how do you defend yourself from these four obstacles or challenges that he calls the foundational challenge, the foundational obstacle. Again. Framing the purpose of the book, not to be a scholar, not to be a sheikh, not to be an influencer. That's not what my life is for. That's all salt on the food. That's all secondary. But the foundation of what drives me is worship. And you'll remember in the very first class, and you can find these also on my, on my YouTube page if you want to go watch them later, as well as on Instagram. Sayyidina Imam Abu Hamad, thank you, Habibti. Sayyidina Imam Abu Hamad Al Ghazari, he said that you have to know that the fruit of knowledge is worship. So, how do I keep worship in front of me? That's the purpose. That's what I'm here for. How do I focus on that? So, he talked about knowledge, repentance. Seven obstacles to living a life of faith and devotion. Baba. Are you uh, kebab? <laughs> Say kebab. My daughter, I said, you want kebab? She said, I want kebab. I never heard of kebab before. You funny. <laughs> so he says, بِدَفْعِ الْعَوَائِقِ حَتَّى تَسْتَقِيمَ إِبَارَتُكَ What are those four things that we're going to start to talk about? He says, وَقَدْ ذَكَرْنَا أَنَّ الْعَوَائِقَ أَرْبَعَةً those four things are four. Ahaduha ad-dunya wa ma fiha. The first is the temporary world. Ad-dunya. Wadaf'uha. And how do you protect yourself from it? Inama huwa bi tajarudi anha wa zuhdi fiha. Is to peel unhealthy attachments of it away from yourself and to live in it in, in a different way. Not indifferent to like. People's needs. He doesn't mean that. Indifferent to the opulence. Indifference to the danger. Danger. Danger, yes. Good. Wow, you learned a new word. Khatir. Khatir. Right? So to be tajarrud anha wa zuhdi fiha. We're going to talk about that next week. 
The second, oh, the second one I believe was nafs. The third one was shaitan. And the fourth one was why do bad things happen? These are the four obstacles that are the foundational obstacles. If they come into your life, if they come into my life, they can divert us from a life of faith and devotion. So what are they quickly? Because, mashallah, I have a special guest. He's going to take over this production. <laughs> the first, a dunya. The second, a shaitan. The third, nafs. The fourth, huh? Why do bad things happen to me? Next week, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to start by talking about a dunya. I, I love to teach this class because I'm the one in most in need of this, as I see myself, alhamdulillah. And barakallahu feekum for all the, the, the badges. May Allah bless you. But this is the type of text that the one who's reading it is benefiting the most, who needs it more than anyone else. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm like this. I'm the same as everybody else. I find, I'm, when I'm reading this, I'm like, man, I have a lot of work to do. MashaAllah, a lot of work to do. So we need to create a more horizontal model of our relationships with one another, not a vertical relationship with people. It's not healthy. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yuwafiqna wa If you have any questions, inshaAllah, I'm uh, more than happy. I see there's a lot of stuff going on in the Zoom chat. But I think that may be Ahsan. Ahsan is sharing like these amazing notes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. But if there's any questions, I'm more than happy to take them. And then my special guest is going to come. Into What was this? Draw something. You want to draw something? Ask mama for a qalam. This one. I don't, I don't have a pen. Penny. This pen. This pen. This pen. Open this. Yeah, so those people asking about where they can attend on open. Zoom, if you go to icnyu.org, icnyu.org, you can sign up there. I don't think this opens. Oh. How much are you going to pay me? Hat al fulus, hat al fulus, bas. Thalathina guinea. So these classes actually we need to make a schedule and put them on, on Instagram. That's my fault. I'm looking for a designer who can help me do that kind of stuff. Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm just a teacher. I'm not good at design, but can design some of these things to put the schedules up because we have three classes a week on Instagram. Mama has this. I don't have it. It's Ali, Mama. So I, I, I'm, I'm just a teacher. I can't, I can't do the. My design is really bad. Mashallah. It's plastic surgery haram. It depends on the plastic surgery, and it depends on the reason for the plastic surgery. So, you know, its foundation is that is not allowed. The foundational rule on plastic surgery is not allowed, but there are situations and circumstances where it is allowed. For example. Somebody born, yeah, I'm looking for a graphic designer. Someone born with some kind of uh, defect, someone that may have been in a car wreck or crash uh, or things like this. Those people, alhamdulillah, they're, ex they're in that situation. Alhamdulillah, we read Al-Munqidh Min Al-Dalal last year, alhamdulillah, to our students attend an MSA at NYU, alhamdulillah. And as I mentioned earlier, these are two books I believe that should be taught to uh, junior and senior in high school. This book, and then Al-Munqidh Min Al-Dalal should be taught uh, in early college. Absolutely. Absolutely. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumallahu khairan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase everyone, insha'Allah, uh, in khair. 
are cartoons for education halal. So cartoons, according to all of the ulama, except basically the ulama in Saudi Arabia, are allowed to be drawn because you are not reproducing a physical image that exists. Right? The, the issue of drawing pictures in general, the majority of scholars allow it because the hadith of the Prophet is not talking about drawing pictures, it's talking about making idols. So this is an analogy, right? Those scholars are saying idols are like drawing pictures. The majority of Sunnis are saying, no, 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 no. Idols and drawing pictures are not the same thing. So, wabillahi tawfiq. Zakamallahu khairan. Inshallah, we'll see everyone uh, this Thursday. Also, we have our class introduction to Tajweed. And then, inshallah, we'll see you guys next week here every week, 7 o'clock New York City time. Zakamallahu khair ahsan for taking all the amazing notes. And if you're interested in joining, you can join through the Zoom at icnyu.org. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.